What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam El Cansado Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Welcome back to the show. Well, Graham, they don't call me Adam anymore. They call me Papadamo. Papadamo, I like that. <laughs> that was courtesy of uh, history correspondent Jeff DeLore. Also known as Jeff Wardo. Exactly. Also known as El Senor. Yeah, man, we're uh, we're back. You know, got got one more breathing human being in the household. This baby that has uh, been born into this podcast family came at a tough time, man. Like nothing but bad stuff has happened since Liana was born. Well, not entirely true. They did have the great Michael Harris catch. One good game. One good game. Everything else has been shit. I guess if you had to sacrifice the Braves and the Falcons for your daughter, then that's ah, okay. It was. Oh, you only get one of those. Don't do. Don't, don't. If you have another baby, don't do it during the the, the playoffs. Right? It, it was good timing for my mental health. Sure. In terms of. Like, oh yeah. You didn't take it as hard. A, yeah. You know, had, had bigger fish to fry. Yeah. You weren't four whiskeys into game four and then sat looking up, staring at the ceiling for two and a half hours after that. No, that was not me. Yeah. I just kind of went to bed. I think. So, um, but yeah, we, I am still like, don't get it wrong, Graham. I'm very upset by what has happened to the Braves and, uh, you know, to the Falcons this past week. So this is, uh, this is a peaceful sanctuary podcast studio today, Graham. I'll do my best. <laughs> We're, we, we need to, cause if it, you're mad, I'm, I'm furious. We need to get it all out, but yeah. you know, just like let's process and move on. Right. So, so let's, let's, let's start with the Braves. Let's, right. let's do our official end of the season. Just like that, Graham <sighs> season's done. Yeah, because you know what? I'm going to go on an opening rant here for a second. This organization is uh, pisses me off. I think for the last 20 years, you can maybe even go back even further if you really want to be an asshole, but for the last 20 years, uh, especially the Braves get high on their own supply. They get high on their regular season success, and then they show up in the postseason with like dog shit most of the time. There's only really been, in the last 20 years, two years where they've looked half decent, and that is... Obviously, when they won the World Series in 2021, and then the 2020 run, um, everything else has been a colossal disappointment. Um, where it's like the only one you can really point to, where it's like, okay, I was back and forth, and blah blah blah, was was maybe the 2019 NLDS against St. Louis. But you could argue that the Braves made so many mistakes in Game One and blew that game too. It wasn't like uh, you know none of these series where we've lost has been a thing where it's like, oh man, they played really hard. It was an even series. It could have gone either way. You know, say a lot of the, it's been like, no, you just shit the bed. You hit 186 with a 519 OPS and the NLDS. Uh, that's just not going to get it done. And all the bullshit I said about, you know, the uh, lack of pitching depth certainly was a factor in, uh, in game three. But at the end of the day, you didn't score. You were outscored like, I don't know, 20 to 7 or something, wherever the hell it was. Yeah, just four games, just piss poor. Yeah, that's what it comes down to is like this historic offense just did not show up uh, as, you know, David Ortiz. I think that was David Ortiz that said that the the Phillies are our daddy. They are. They own oh, us. Oh, that was Pedro Martinez. Well, whoever said it is exactly right. They yeah. own us. And it doesn't matter how many division titles you win if you don't do shit in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that we won the division two years in a row and they didn't. They are the better team. They're the better franchise right now. They own our asses. This is not a rivalry. This is just a beat down. I mean, really outside of what, I mean, Austin Riley showed up in That's a big it. way. That's it. 
Olsen had a couple hits, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he had like two hits. But no, no, no home runs. Like, Acuna was bad. We had three home... Yeah, Acuna was bad. We had three home runs in the entire series. So you can, it was two Austin Riley and one Travis Dardo. Yeah, and we can... We That's can, crazy. It is. And I, and I think, you know, people have used the argument about, oh, the layoff hurt the Braves and hurt the Dodgers and hurt the Orioles. The best teams in baseball should be rewarded, you know, not, not put at a disadvantage. Well... Like I said last week on my on the solo show, the Astros won the World Series last year, taking five days off. They're in the ALCS this year. They got the bye. It's not an excuse. It's not a valid excuse. I'm sorry. Get your fucking shit together. I have to question Snickers' leadership right now. And, and you know this loss is certainly on the players. There's no doubt about it. But I think it's also on management for not having... These guys did not look mentally ready to play baseball in any of these games. And you can uh, use the argument of saying... You know, we were in all these games, except for Game 3. We were in all of them. They were, they were close, even though we got shut out in Game 1. They were close games. But the offense, when it needed to do something, didn't get it done, and they didn't perform consistently at all. I, I mean, I, I know you've been pulling this Astros example a lot, and they are, like, the one example of a team that's been able to do it. But that, that doesn't mean there's nothing to this theory. No, there it. isn't. But I'm just saying, they... They won the World Series last year. I'm just saying it can be done. It's not like some catastrophic thing where, oh, I took five days off and now I can't play. I forgot how to swing a fucking bat. No, I'm sorry. I mean, because I've listened to some, like, you know, ex-major leaguers just discuss the topic, and it is just all about timing. Like, though, you, you really do lose your timing. I can understand that, but it's like... And the fact that the offense was faltered so much, I think there's something to do with it. But it's so dramatic. It's a dramatic drop-off. And it's like, yes, like... People are, you know, baseball players especially are creatures of habit, but I don't know. The Astros did it. I'm not saying everybody can do it, but that just shows how much mentally tougher they are than we are. I think it's something that needs to be looked at, for sure. What would you do? But you cannot deny that the Astros did the thing. Right, but like for the, for the Dodgers to get swept, the Orioles to get swept. I would say the Dodgers had no pitching. There's something They had there. zero pitching. Kershaw was hurt. Yeah. Um, and the Orioles were a team that had never played in the postseason before. Um, they played hard that first game. It was a close game. And then game two, they had the lead and just the pitching blew it. It's, I think that was more they were young and inexperienced. But they're going Dodgers. against a Texas Rangers team who's like, you know, the same boat. Sure. You know, but, you know, the Rangers were have Bruce Bochy, three-time World Series winner as a manager who knows how to get people ready for the postseason. I, d- I don't think, and I was, you know, I was attempting to text you when you were furiously texting about, just well, all your angry thoughts on the night of the last game and the, your Snitker thing—it's unacceptable. But I don't, I don't like this is the major leagues. Like this isn't high school. Like players shouldn't need like a rah rah. Remember it's, the it's, Titans it's type not speech a to get ready. It's like, not a rah rah. It's a I don't, mentality. I don't think managing can lead to a one eighty three overall batting average. I think like, it it's can. not Snitker's fault that they didn't get big hits. That, I think it's Seitzer's fault. I think it's Seitzer's fault. It's Snitker's fault. Why? Why was the approach so different? Why were we striking out so much? Why was Eddie? Why did Eddie Rosario look like he had had eight fucking shots of fireball and then was trying to swing a baseball bat? Why did Marcelo Zuna have a great at bat in the ninth inning of the elimination game, but had dog shit at bats every at bat before that? It was just like an approach thing. It was like a they just weren't ready mentally. Like why was the approach so different? What the fuck? Why was Ranger Suarez looking like Nolan fucking Ryan? I think we are missing some of. There's a leadership. 
piece missing with the players with some of these guys we've lost like we don't have like that jock peterson who's just like a dog who thrives in those moments and like i i think they're snicker made a lot of mistakes in this series don't get me wrong i will own up to a lot of those but i don't i don't think it's his like his responsibility to i don't think he's responsible for the complete lack of offense snicker he, no, he doesn't bear it all on his own at all. Like, but the mentality just wasn't there. Exactly, and but, some of that is in the clubhouse. Of course, but some of that also comes from the manager. I feel like, or it doesn't come from the manager. Where it's like, f- like why why can't you know people get pulled aside and say, hey, fucking lock in, wake the fuck up. Like, maybe, what, maybe, what are you doing? We, we don't know what they did. Well, they you put, know, message wasn't received or message wasn't wasn't stated, and the the guys just went into it, you know, high on their own supply. Again, all these regular season accolades. I'm so fucking tired of hearing about seventy forty. I'm so tired about hearing fifty five one thirty four with Olson setting franchise records. I'm so tired about the most home runs. And the and I think we literally get high on our own shit. We are we pretend like our shit doesn't stink, and it does. I, I mean, who I think it's bullshit. Who on the team is Snicker out there just raving about that stuff? Like who? Who is saying? Like you're tired of hearing about it from who? I'm tired of hearing about it from the media. I'm tired of people talking about it. I'm tired of celebrating division titles. It shows to me there's a lack of a killer instinct on this team. We shouldn't worry about any of that shit. Worry about winning when it matters. And this organization doesn't give a fuck about that. It feels like because the results, the proof is in the pudding. Twenty, twenty uh, one fucking years of ineptitude for the most part, of great regular seasons, but terrible terrible postseason performances unacceptable postseason performances with the exception of two years that's just that is unacceptable to me as an organization it's unacceptable to me as a fan who's emotionally and financially invested in this team well let me ask you this well like what what's what's the missing piece then what's what's wrong like what needs to change going forward something needs to change in the way they prepare for the postseason you you can't compare like you're talking 21 years obviously these are very different teams so what's 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 the similarities between 2002 and 2023. I'll use 2003 as a better example. <laughs> I was just throwing any year out No, there. but like both those teams had great offenses. Both those teams had people that hit, you know, 40 multiple, like three or four guys that hit 40 home runs, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, that was the team that had Sheffield. Uh, that was the year Javi Lopez was on Royd sitting 40 home runs. Vinny Chipper, Castilla. Vinny Castilla. Andrew, uh, Andrew, when he was, you know, reaching the peak of his offensive powers. Um, you know, it just comes down to it just feels like something changes in the playoffs where people press, they forget their approaches. That was the thing that just blew my mind was how much we were striking out this like we were just way too aggressive. We weren't grinding on at bats like we used to. And it just feels like that happens with the Braves, with those two teams when the, the Braves lost to the Cubs, I think in four or five games and we lose to the Phillies. It's just like we weren't doing what we did all season and it's like why are we changing our approach why is snicker changing the lineup in the game one why did he punt game three that was chaos yeah the game one like changing the lineup why? Like, i understand the logic what he said he wanted to prepare for lefties in the bullpen or something i can't remember no it was to get like the back-to-back lefties set up um I, I, just I don't even remember roll with what's been working like that alone is going right. to change your mentality like Ozzy doesn't hit as well clean up it's just and, and people can say oh once you get in between the lines blah 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 but you know that, that there's a factor like there's a reason like Olsen hit a lot better clean up all year than he did in the two hole yeah like, that, that was a terrible way to start I mean, don't change the, the shit the fact we got shut out for the first time by since Ranger what, like, fucking at Suarez ho- at home since like 2021 or something like it's that it's ridiculous and, and then everybody was pressing everybody was striking out I'm just saying like there's a mentality problem going into the playoffs with this organization. I've seen it time and time again. I can't quantify it, but I see it. And it's happened too many times. 
I don't understand why we change our approach. And it's not like we're unfamiliar with what the Phillies do. Like, it's not like we're facing the Diamondbacks and we're like, oh, we don't, we haven't seen, we've only played these guys three times this year, six times or whatever. We played the Phillies 18 times this year. And this is the result. It's unacceptable. Can you agree? Can we agree on this? It's unacceptable. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know what needs to change, but some, and they did try to change the preparation. They did try to do the simulating games and all this stuff. But something else has to change when the when when we actually get in there and people gotta like be reminded about why you're here, why why we were so good. Like because you ground grind out at bats, you didn't strike out, you found your pitch and crushed it. You didn't always have to hit home runs. Yeah, we hit a shit ton, but it was like people put together good competitive at bats. I did not see that enough in this series, and that's a big reason why we lost. I really do think there's something too, like we just don't have enough dogs, like you know, like you look at the Phillies, they got Schwarber. This dude has been there, done that a million times in the playoffs. Bryce Harper, who I hate to say it, like, no, like he's, possibly he, the most clutch it. player ever. He, he's huge. Like, and he like shows up in those moments, and like we have a lot more like soft spoken guys. Yeah, Matt Olson is a great player, but he's like emotionally just kind of whatever. Ron, Austin Riley, not a rah rah guy. Ronnie's proven to like you know he's just not that leader type no like we don't have like not having a guy like dansby probably hurts you know no, i mean the same thing happened with dansby on the team last year it didn't matter you know it was the same it was the same outcome right but and dansby mean, was there the sheriff i don't give a fuck about the sheriff fuck that i but, think but i think it, you're it, right it, about it adds up though like the more of these guys you lose like i mean jock peterson like i already said the huge jock one. i would a i would agree like that but but dansby Freddie freeman yeah but dansby did nothing last year he was terrible in the postseason just like everybody else um, and I think I think also Anthopolis does have to go out and get a frontline starter. I mean, I think Michael Harris was what like Michael Harris for, was terrible. Oh, for twenty eight or something. He's terrible in both playoff series. He's fucking awful. He got pinch hit for in the last game because he was so fucking awful. Even though his defense is amazing, he made another great play in game four. Arcia sucked. What do you think about that? That crap that happened with Arcia. He's an idiot. He should shut his fucking mouth. Like it's it's. I don't think I think that got the Phillies even more energized. You well, know the Attaboy Harper thing. I, th- I think there's context to it though. Like you're you're in the locker room. Arcia doesn't speak English, first of all. Like he's just like tried to have fun with his friends. Like as Travis Darno said, like it wasn't something that was ever intended to get out. Like they're just you, having a good time. Yeah, but you know You think the Phillies aren't in their locker room talking shit. Oh, they're talking shit. They they, they think the Braves are the <laughs> biggest idiots in the world. I mean, yeah, but like, you can't give that team bullet, bullet bulletin board material. When you when you literally escaped with that victory. We heart we it took a miracle comeback to win that game. The Phillies were in control of that series the entire time. We were lucky to win one fucking game, and that's pathetic when the team wins 100, what, 104 games and sets all these records. Pathetic. We cannot, I think, I think it starts with the, just treating the regular season like the regular season and not putting any stock or value into this. Because they, they talked about it so much in the, you know, when we watched the, the, um, the clinch celebration, all the records, so great. Yeah, it's awesome. Blah, 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 blah. Acuna picking up the fucking base and celebrating his 70th stolen base. It's like that's the thing that seems like they're, it's like the team is constructed for the regular season a menta- from a mentality standpoint. I don't like it. Like we should be treating everything until the playoffs like it's a grind and that we just have to get through it. And it's not to say, it's not take it, you know, it's not like the Trey Young approach where it's like, oh, I can't get up for regular season games. Not at all. It's more about 
that is not the ultimate goal. And you have to have this dog mentality. And someone's got to come in there and, and infuse that into these guys. Infuse it into the offense. And you've got you to fix a lot of things with the rotation. The rotation is in great peril. I mean... To me, did you listen to the? Wait, I want to touch on some of that stuff that you just said. Like, I don't think like that's it's not their ultimate goal. Just the fact that that's been all we've won recently that doesn't mean that's their ultimate goal. But but and I think like I don't know if you're saying like take it more nonchalantly, but like you 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 mess around, you find out, right? Like if you if you don't take the regular season as seriously, or like no, I'm saying take it seriously. I'm saying don't. When when something good happens, celebrate, don't treat it. So. Celebrate nothing. Have no fun. Have no no, no build no, no team. No have camaraderie. Fun. No, but just chemistry. like don't don't be celebrating forty seventy on the field. I was all for that, but now with the way this turned out, I'm not because it looked like we were scared little fucking children on the field. I cannot in the playoffs. I do not understand it. I do not understand why that keeps happening. I don't think there's a correlation between the two things. Like, okay, maybe not. But that, that, but it's, but it's, isn't it odd though that we perform so much better in the regular season than we do in the playoffs? I think the Phillies are just our daddies, and like for, we took three of four from them in the regular season, one in on their field, and then we just roll over and die in this in this postseason series and play like we never played baseball before. It was just so frustrating. I mean, do you not give any cre- – like, I understand your Astros argument, but you do not give any credence to the fact that the Phillies just played three very high-stakes games. Like, they're coming off that, whereas we've been sitting for seven days yeah, I mean, just it, waiting. It's certainly – Waiting it, and watching and yeah, no, overthinking. It, yes, it certainly and helps. losing timing. Like, and there's something there. I agree. But I also am at a point where I'm like, you know what? You're, the Phillies, at the end of the day – we're still at a disadvantage when they're coming into that series because they have to throw Ranger Suarez against our ace in the first game, and we should take advantage of that. We should win that. You know? It's happened two years in a row. Yeah. And that's and regardless of if they've been playing hot and all this, yes, true. But you still get the advantage as the bye team to have to play their third star as opposed to their one, and you set up your rotation. But we don't have a rotation because Max Fried has the blister, and then we don't give a shit about pitching depth. So Bryce Elder goes out there and gets absolutely destroyed. And I think Snicker mismanaged the hell out of that game. Elder, yeah. Elder looked fine the first couple uh, first couple innings, but the second Castellanos gave you know hit that home run. It should have been someone warming up, and then the minute you had another base runner on, he should have been yanked, and he let two runners get on, and then Harper hits the home run. Idiotic management. He punted that game. He yeah. absolutely and he didn't use anybody. He didn't use any. He did not use our top seven pitchers to replace him. He was just like, "Oh, we're down four one. Fuck it." And it never even should have gotten to that point. Pathetic management. To me. Yeah. No. I mean that that game. I remember watching that one, and I wasn't able to fully dial in because Liana was going crazy at the time. But I remember like walking around, holding her, and like seeing. I was like, "Why? Why, why is Elder?" Facing Bryce Harper right now, it's like such a guarantee of a home run oh, yeah. in that moment. Yeah, it was just stupid. Yeah, and like, you know, you, you can't even say they should have gone with Smith Shaver to start the game because Shaver got shelled as well. He did. He looked okay for a couple innings, though. I mean, yeah. so did Elder, though, you could argue. But, but yeah, no, he, I, he was Elder certainly. should just never started that game. He's been terrible the last three months. I'm not, that was just, I mean, I know we had like no quote unquote options, but I would have gladly said, 
I don't know. We'll we'll throw Brad Hand to start the game. They have a lot of lefties. Fuck it. Get those lefties out, and it, then we'll figure it out. Like, it, yeah, I'm uh, sitting here. Brad saying Hand should that. come in and face Harper, but because Brad Hand came in and blew away Harper at one point, I can't remember which game that was. But I was like, where the fuck was that? That wasn't Game Three. Yeah. I, mean, I remember he, that. he has great numbers against Harper. Yeah, so it's like, what what are we doing with that? Yeah. I know we're at a severe disadvantage, but Snicker punted that game, and he deserves a lot of a lot of flack for that. I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't matter because we scored what one run. Yeah, uh, we scored two runs in that game. But I'm on. Don't 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 don't, okay. don't uh, gotta give him credit where credits. Yeah, due. no, it's um, I don't know what you do. It, it's kind of like feels like the Hawks almost. It's like where do you go from here? Well, like, so here's a question I have for you. I was thinking about this with this uh, with this rotation. Max Fried is back for his last season. We know that Spencer Strider's here for a long time. So there's your there's your top two. Don't know anything about Charlie Morton if he's going to retire or not. Elder sucks now, so big question mark. Um, there's nothing after that. You got to go out and get somebody. You got to go out and get somebody. Trade yeah. Von Grissom. Do something. You got to get a third bona fide because maybe you do bring Morton back. Great. He, I think he's still a viable pitcher at this point. I mean, he was he was decent all year. Um, I know you said you had a top 10 ERA, incorrect, top 21 ERA uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay. I wanted to fact check you on that. Sorry. Still had, no, it's fine. But you still had a good season. Yeah. So if you got uh, Strider, hopefully a healthy Max Freed, blisters and flu be fucking damned. I'm so sick of that. Um, and then you got a uh, new guy and Charlie Morton. Fine. I'll figure out the fifth starter, but. Anthopolis absolutely has to do something to address the rotation, not just for next year, but moving forward because Max Fried's probably gone after next season. Charlie Morton's probably gone if he comes back after next season. And I don't know, you know, I know Hurston Waldrop's supposed to be really good. There's just a ton of unknowns, unknown variables. Maybe Elder bounces back, maybe Ian, Ian Anderson bounces back, but guess what? Kyle Wright misses all of next year. Your rotation is in shambles right now. Yeah, that's brutal. Kyle Wright, who kind of like rehabbed all year and then ends up having to have that surgery after all of that. Yeah. So, you know, Bryce Elder was always supposed to be a number five guy. So if he's our number five guy, oh, that's fine. But I think I, I do want it. Like, yeah, of course I want to sign one or possibly two viable yeah. guys. Your only trade piece really is Vaughn Grissom. Yeah. Um, I don't know if RC is the answer after seeing how he finished the year. I don't, terrible. I don't know if I want him he, being our starting shortstop. He regressed back to the forward. He regressed back to the mean. I don't want Eddie Rosario back here ever again. Love what he did in 2021, but I'm done with his ass. He's too hot and cold. Way too hot and cold, and he was terrible in the playoffs this year. I'm done with him. You need a viable left fielder. RC can probably come back and give you serviceable production, but it ain't going to be as good as it was this year. You also got to think about Marcelo Zuna. He ain't hitting for I don't think he's going to have a good season as he did um, next year. I just think it's just the law of averages, law of regression. It's kind of a, it's a little bit of a scary time when you think about it. I don't think the offense will be as historic. You got to bring Jock Daddy home. I think his contract is up. Bring him home. Fuck it. Bring him home. Let Rosario go do something to get someone in here that can actually contribute on the rotation. Yeah. You kind of go back to those guys we didn't sign like Jock or Solaire, you know, you see what Solaire did in Miami. I would have loved to bring back both those guys and left Rosario alone because I never thought Rosario would ever play as well as he did during that 2021 run. That was historic. That was amazing. That was an anomaly. He's never played that well in his life. I I don't know why you'd say, "Mm, yeah, let's bring back Rosario over these two guys. I, I don't get it. Well, I think money, but Jock didn't even sign for that much. It was like $6 million or something. It, was, it wasn't a big yeah, like contract. like a three-year deal with him. Yeah, but it wasn't like 
a it wasn't something that you couldn't afford. You could have afforded it. Yeah. So Lair on this offense would have been just lethal. Lethal. But who knows if who knows if it who knows how it would have shaken out. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, but you would you admit that let Rosario go, let him walk. Yeah, I want I want an everyday left fielder. I think that's needed. But yes. you know, offense wasn't our problem this year. Like that worked out. We didn't have a problem all, all regular season. I, I don't know what the answer is, Graham. It's tough though. But you got to have like God game four Acuna up bases, bases loaded. loaded. And That's got to be your moment, man. He had a good at bat, and he he made good contact. Just it was barely just, missed and, it. And you know, to be fair, that happened a number of times this series. Game one, you know, when the bases were loaded. We had that rocket that Trey Turner fielded, and you know, was able to prevent two Trey runs Turner. from scoring. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's just like things like that. The Acuna at bat, you know, in ninth inning, you had first and third, no outs, couldn't couldn't get it done. Um, I, the more we talk about it, like I because I, I do think, say Acuna hits a grand slam there, which he almost did, right. I think we win game five in Atlanta. Who knows? I don't think so with the way Max Reed pitched. I think we, we figured out a way, a very fresh bullpen because the big guys weren't needed at yeah. all, basically. But I think we would have won that game. Yeah, then, then you get game five. And but. then we're probably in the World Series. It's like so. It, yeah, it's even when we played like shit, like, like we said earlier at the top of this segment or somewhere in the middle of it, you were in three of these four games. You could have won. Um, you could have won the series even when you weren't performing at your best. We just could not get the big hit. Like we had a lot of opportunities and a lot of games to have a big inning. Yeah. Like I can't. I I was texting the day of, being like, "That seven run inning's about to come." Like we're always good for just out of nowhere, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Yeah. Let's put up five six. Yeah. And it, and it was it was interesting to me too, is every time you know it happened in game uh, three, and it happened in game four. We got the one one nothing lead. And then Philly immediately answered with a solo homer. It's just like God. It's just you could get no momentum in that series at all. The the more I talk, well, I suppose we're talking, Graham. The more that we talk through it, the more I do think it's a situation where we don't need to hit a panic button. Going no, forward. you don't need to blow up the team or anything. You, you need, uh, I know Mark Andre texted earlier and said trade Ronald, and I was like, you're out of your mind. I think that, I, I understand his logic. <laughs> I, mean, I would love more pitching, but not at that expense. I would. If you really want to get feisty, trade Sean Murphy. I don't know. Fuck it. Do do something. Do something daring. Um, I'll still go on record saying that was a completely unnecessary trade. Contreras. They had comparable seasons. You could have used those prospects. Hell, I would have been fine if you traded Contreras and all those people for a really good starting pitcher, and then said, "We'll." get Kurt Suzuki out of retirement or someone to be the backup. Like, or, you know, you don't even need a bet. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. You know what? Like, like catching, not that big a deal at the end of the day. And Sean Murphy was dog shit for the last three months of the season. Graham, I think it's important to look forward here. I know. Let's stop rehashing okay, the sorry. same arguments that we've discussed all year. But doesn't but, it look bad now? I, no, I don't think it affected anything. Well, it could have affected Game Three. You could have had a legit starting pitcher in that situation. Well, not, you're you're throwing out huge hypotheticals for what they would have done with those prospects instead, and we scored two runs. But isn't That's it weird? The Phillies. Yes, but isn't it weird that you, you know, you you filled this position that you ab- you was not in need. It's, it's not weird. It and is weird. Catching does matter a lot, but it doesn't matter as much as starting pitching. Stats. Starting pitching matters more. Catching helps starting pitching. It does, but you know. I would rather have a viable front front line starter than Sean Murphy. Yes. And c- they had comparable seasons. You had a decent catcher right there. 
under team control for five more years. But not half as good defensively, and who knows what Sean Murphy did for a lot of these pitchers this year. Sure. I mean, you know. It's above, water, our, pay, water it's a, it's the, above our pay grade. Water too. under the bridge, I just think. And it's like a Terry Fontenot move. Let's draft Drake London when we need defensive end help. I don't get it. My point is, Graham. If you if you give me I want, yeah. thirty seconds, no, no, take take the floor. The floor <laughs> is yours, Senator. We don't need to panic. I, I think it's important for obviously, Anthopolis has to like really sit down and try to figure out what went wrong here. Like, there's something bigger than just the Phillies on us. Like, we should be able to beat the Phillies, but certainly some tweaks need to be made. And I think, you know, at leadership from coaching, maybe we. I'm not saying we need a new manager, but no, there might need to be a new coach coming in, freshen it up a little bit somewhere along the ranks. You know, it, it's just, it's tough to see. This is what like four straight years the exact same coaching staff. Maybe we do need a fresh voice, or maybe like hire someone else for a, a make made up position, something along those lines. And yes, full time left fielder things the fans have been talking about for. A couple of years. And you were all for a platoon earlier in the season. I'm not all for it, but I... I oh, yeah, you were fine. Remember you went no, up to those guys Graham, after Graham, the game? Are you going to give me more oh, yeah, than 30 right, seconds? Right. Sorry, sorry. You're going to give me more than 30 seconds? All right, I'm, I'm counting them. <laughs> because I also think it's important to live in reality and not just say, oh, we could have turned this into that. We don't know what is out there. Like, if there's an actual, like, legitimate free agent left fielder, we need to look really hard at that and one or two legit starting pitchers and as always tweak the bullpen. But, you know, the core is set. It's a core a lot of organizations would envy. Let's not freak out. Like, this is our time to freak out. But, like, realistically, we are set up well. We just, like, need to identify what the hell is the problem here. What do the Phillies have that we don't have um, to where, like, you know, Ranger Suarez – their third or fourth best starting pitcher can show up and dominate us. Like what the hell happened? Yeah. It's like someone's got to really, I think like a deep dive into like the psychology of postseason baseball, like just figure out a way to get guys. They just, and I know I'm, I'm beating the same drum. It just didn't look like they were prepared. It looked like they had, they just looked nervous. It was just so odd. This team that had such poise all season that performed in, High intensity environments in LA and Philadelphia, um, you know, they just didn't get it done, and it was just so disheartening when you have this. At least the top five is just murderers row: Acuna, Ozzy, Riley, Olson, Ozuna, guys that had you know either hit forty plus or in the high thirties home runs. Guys that other than Ozzy always have patient at bats, and you know, going to game two, I was so I was screaming at him. I mean, I was, like, yelling from the standing room only in the Coca-Cola Center in left field. I was like, wake up, wake up. Like, figure, like, take your time and grind out some at-bats. This is not the regular season. Just, like, let the ball come to you. Like, what are you doing? It's just, it was just so much undisciplined play. Yeah, there's more to baseball than just the big home run. So, like, they need Everybody to, like, swinging for the fences. They need to look real hard at Austin Riley. And, like, what is different about Austin Riley to where he was still putting good at-bats together. Yeah. He was still getting clutch hits. Yes. Like, what does he have that those other guys are lacking right now? And yeah. what can they learn from a guy like him? And, I, and you know what? I think it's fine for, for someone to, you know, to you know Riley or somebody just stand up and say, hey, guys, these, these at-bats suck. 
These at-bats suck that we're having right now. Let's get our heads together. Grind it out. Grind out the at-bats. Don't forget what got us here. And it seems like that is what the Braves do in the playoffs for the most part in the last 20 seasons. Yep. It's yeah, crazy all the things that we thought would make a bigger difference, starting pitching, bullpen that had been shaky. I was so concerned about that. It didn't really matter. Bullpen I mean, had like no role, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, Max Fried was awful in game two, I thought. Um, you know, I know the blisters affect him. He had action in 17 days, but uh, he was bad. Like Strider was fine. Strider pitched well in game one. Game two, yes, he gave up, what, two or three homers, and they clogged the bases a lot. But his slider, his slider was wasn't nothing in that last. And game. I think that speaks more to how he needs to develop that third pitch. He needs to develop a change up and not just be one or the other. But his fastball was still blowing people away. It's just he just hung a couple sliders to Castellanos. You know, it's just like, and they they jumped on those mistakes. Yeah, yeah they got so many dogs. Um, I, I would know. have loved to have signed Trey Turner in the in the off season last year. That would have been a ballsy go for it move. We need like a difference maker free agent move. I feel like, and maybe that's overreaching, but it's like, you know, let's just do Arcia, who admittedly had a good first half, but second half, he was forgettable. He was nothing. Yeah, like, I mean, like le- I'm surprised he played as well as he did. Legitimately, yeah, those are the only positions where I could see a big free agent coming in as shortstop or left field. Yeah. Or, it, you know, anywhere in the outfield. Then, you can move people around, but. Yeah, trade Von Grissom for a, for a pitcher. I don't think Von Grissom's going to get not just Von Grissom, but I would how crazy it is reach into the. I know the 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 farm is kind of meh right now, but like do what you got to do. Don't get rid of Waldrop. No, don't get rid of Waldrop, but do something. That guy might be a factor this year. He could be, but do something to bring in someone that we can say that's a legitimate major. Like I would take a Ranger Suarez type to say that's my third or fourth guy. That's fine. Just give me somebody that's not. Like uh, who's that loser that we got in twenty twenty one that was or twenty twenty two that was so he pitched for the Cubs this year the lefty the lefty you want him the guy who said no one I, of the worst I don't I don't the- <laughs> I don't want him I'm saying don't do that I'm saying oh, give me gotcha. like give me a Ranger Suarez type not a whoever that guy is type kind of uh, people will crucify us I for can that. picture him me too I just can't think of his name he's a wimpy name too doesn't matter but like still like. You know, but even you, like someone got, like Ranger Suarez would be fine. Okay. But you got to think like we we are kind of setting up for like the post freed era. I think are we with who Waldrop? I think Smith Shaver is going to be a good piece. Maybe like but these, it's just again, it's a bunch of unknowns. You have no idea how that's right, going to shake out. They're they're young. I could see Smith Shaver taking a big step as well. Um, you get rid of you extend a contract with Soroka. I mean, for like a million bucks, a couple million bucks. I don't give him anything. I say. Thank you. you. Have you a nice he's, day. He's done. He's washed. Yeah, and I, I hate that. I, I think love that's, that's short-sighted. Like, there's no what's what's the problem with giving him two million bucks? Because you could his potential, the are his potential the is are chintz, vast. The chintzy is fuck. You need to use all the money you can to actually get someone who's going to contribute. No, is, he's too injury prone. I don't like it. I'm 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 done with Sorokin. That Move is on. short-sighted. You're that's angry. No, it's not, it's, not, it's not true. So I, I was not in favor of bringing him back after two ruptured Achilles. I thought it, there's no fucking... It's amazing what he's done to come back, but he ain't. He still can hasn't clocked like a full... Like That's the thing that I think is underrated about young pitchers is that you know we saw that with Elder. Has never clocked a full season. Burned out in the second half because of just... He, you know, the endurance wasn't there, and it makes sense. I don't hold but, it against him. But, yeah, that's the thing. Like, just Soroka's not going to have the endurance Just because Elder had a bad second half doesn't, doesn't mean, mean he sucks. Yeah, like he's going to come back yeah, stronger. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I'm just saying, like, with Soroka, you know, the endurance wasn't there because he missed three seasons, and then he keeps getting injured, and he can't build up the endurance he needs to get back to being a legitimate starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. So I think 
Goodbye, Mike Soroka. Sorry, in my opinion, because I don't think he's going to be worth it. I think he's going to get injured again, and uh, I hope he succeeds. But I don't. I'm done with him personally. Not as a dude, but as a guy on the Braves. Sorry, got to make tough business decisions here. But that's like. <laughs> Of all the decisions to even discuss, it's like I don't even we're literally him. talking about a couple billion dollars. Like it doesn't matter. Well, like, once you that, rather that's you, a guy you let ride in your organization, just like off the potential. I would rather be great. I would rather just use that whatever money we have since the Braves are chintzy as fuck. We got money, yeah, but we don't use it. Um, it feels like we, we use it to do these huge extensions that are extremely under, you know, that are are very cheap at the end of the day. Um, you know, the Phillies went for the the kill by getting Trey Turner. Where Where's a move like that from the Braves where you go for the kill, where you say, I'm going to spend a bitch ton of money on a guy that we think is really going to put us over the top. Where is that move? Where is that move? I don't I don't know. You, so you Trey be, Turner's a killer. You want to be the Mets? No, I don't want to be the Mets. I, wanna, I don't want to say, because the problem with the Mets, the way they constructed their roster, was they spent – Almost $100 million on two pitchers who are combined 80-plus, like 88 years old. Bad move. Spent a ton of money on Lindor. Bad move. <laughs> in hindsight, but like the, all of those moves, you would be stoked. But, the, but Trey Turner, time. you can't deny that that wasn't a good move. Yeah, that's a great the, move. The be, one of the best offensive players of, of the last seven years. I hate him. And there's a reason why I hate him, because he's so fucking good. Yeah. Bring in Bryce Harper, you know, and free agents. Like they, they spent a lot of money to get these killers. We need to get a killer. A guy that you know, without a shadow of a doubt, is going to come in here and wreck shop a killer. And that could be a rotation guy. It could be a, an offensive player. But we need a killer. We have a lot of killers. But we don't have the killer. We don't have a guy that's proven it in the postseason over and over again. The only guy that I can say that's proven in the postseason on this roster is Austin Riley, who had an amazing 2021 postseason, had a good postseason this year. Struggled a little bit in 2022. But he's the only guy I can look at and say, that guy can be a postseason killer. Cunha was a beast until this year. It's fine. Showed up in 18 and 19. Yes. Okay, fair. So those are two guys you can look at. And 20. All right. Fair enough. But I'm just <laughs> like, saying. We have killers, Greg. We, like, we, need, we need another killer. We need a guy that's been there and done that and can be, a, uh, be an absolute dog. We need that dog. And we don't have it. Okay. So we'll see what happens. Ah, it's so frustrating, man. But such as postseason baseball. I will say this. I think Major League Baseball will look a lot at the last two seasons and say, mm, it is weird that the Astros were the only team with a bye that has like survived the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I think we got screwed. I, I, I think. I mean, it have been better. Like, I think they, that screwed us out of a deep playoff run either last year or this year. Yeah, potentially. But you still got to show up. You still got to play those guys eventually. So. You could just play them earlier than you thought you would. But I would say... That I think we play the Phillies in the NLCS. It's a different story. It would be more competitive. And the reseeding thing sucks, too. The, the fact yes. that we don't get to play the number six. I was just going to bring that up. They should adopt what the NFL does. The NFL adjusts its playoff bracket based off the results of the rounds, and baseball needs to do that. Diamond, We should have played the Diamondbacks. And then um, Philly plays who? I don't know. Los they, Angeles. They would have played the Dodgers. They would have played Los Angeles, yeah. So that's what it should have been. The Phillies were the toughest draw, yeah, for us to get. Yeah. Um, so it is just like there should be a greater advantage the, for winning 104 games, 106 games. There should be, there should be. But I think also the it's it's still at the end of the day the beauty of postseason baseball. Anyone can win. I mean, we could have been playing the A's and lost the series to them. You know, that's baseball. Yeah, yeah. 
it like anybody can beat anybody. Yeah, and that's true. But in a I will say this: if you had this, if we go to the playoffs next year, and you had the same kind of effort where you're hitting 185 with a 519 OPS in the playoffs, I'm done with Snicker. I'm done with that entire coaching staff. Fire them all. I'm done. I, I that'd be three years of absolute futility. I will not accept that as a fan. And complacency is a poison on a franchise. We saw it happen with Bobby Cox, as great as Bobby Cox was. Yep. Six National League titles, a World Series, 14 straight division titles, all amazing accolades. Accolades, But he couldn't, his teams could not consistently get it done in the playoffs, especially in the back half of his career. He shouldn't, he should have been let go after 2003, honestly. That no, should have been it. I, th- I think that Snicker definitely had, like, especially some of his interviews, just some quotes that I'm sure made Anthopolis's eyebrows raise a little bit when he was talking. I didn't read it. What do you say? He was talking about Elder and like the reason he kept him in. What was that? The third inning? Yeah. And like he was like, oh, Elder looked really good. I thought we could get a solid five out of him today. Insane. And it's just like he, it was like truly things like that where he is managing like it's a regular season game. Like, what are we conserving the bullpen for? Like, they haven't pitched. Yeah. And we have off days. Yeah. And, it's ridiculous. you know, we're looking at, at the Phillies on the other end where, like, he pulled Ranger Suarez super early in game one. Well, yeah, Rob Thompson was brilliant. And, like, yeah. it worked out great. So, like, you, you see things like that. Even, you know, a homer like me, a uh, constant defender of right. Brian Snicker. Yeah, I'm an like, ardent supporter. I'm like, dude, that, like, that just sounds awful to yeah. say, like, like to go from like because I, I I was adamant that he's like, look, you go with Elder. That's fine. Like you saw how great he looked the first two innings. Sure, but as soon as he gets in trouble, you got to pull get him, him out of there. Yeah. And I I for sure thought Shaver or you know Brad Hand in that situation was going to be like just warmed up, ready to go uh, immediately when Harper came up. Brad Hand should have been the call, and that's the problem I have with Snicker and a lot of like what he does. And then you go, you know, this is not the first time he's made dumb decisions in the postseason. Twenty nineteen, I will hang on this forever. We win that series if the aforementioned Mike Soroka throws more than one game. He was a monster all year. He's a monster in that series. He only pitches in one game. You give two games to Dallas Keuchel, who sucked all season. Come on, it's just stuff like that where it's like. So that's what I'm saying. Decisions like that, and then performance. If there's one more season like that, I'm done with Snicker. Because think about the teams recently that have made decisions like this that have benefited them. Think about the Red Sox. Won two World Series, 04, 07. Francona has four, after that, like four kind of meh years. They get rid of him. They get rid of a guy that won two World Series. And then they win the World Series two years later. The new manager. Philly gets rid of Doug Peterson after he wins their first ever Super Bowl. You know, like two years later, because the results weren't there, and they bring in Sirianni, who's gotten them back. To, they, they didn't win, but at least they got back to the Super Bowl last year. I'm just saying, if you get complacent, even with a guy that's had success, and even a guy that's gotten to the mountaintop and won you a championship, we will get into a rut as an organization again. We saw it with Bobby Cox, as great as he was, and we could potentially be seeing it with Brian Snicker again. You got to be damn sure about the guy you're bringing in, of though. Course. Like it, it's got to be just because. He, Snicker is loved in the clubhouse, and you can lose a clubhouse. And you look at like some of the like guys we thought were the next great MLB coaches, like Gabe Kapler, who's been fired by two different franchises now. So like, hey, you don't want to go into like a no, you don't. Who the hell's our coach? Of course, but man, Gabe Kapler deserves a World Series ring for twenty twenty one. Him and Fahir Zahidi, whatever their general manager is, is the they they you? were the team that beat the Dodgers in the regular season, and then we got home field advantage against the Dodgers. Oh. I don't think Gabe Kapler's a terrible manager or anything, but yeah, I get your point. Like whoever, if if that is the case, um, 
Like yeah, we you, were going to hire Bud Black instead of no, Snicker. The, the dumbest idea in the world. That would have been awful. Yes. But like, you know, a lot of people were yeah. cheering for that. And that's not to take anything away from Snicker has done. Snickers had an amazing run. I hope the run continues. I hope he coaches until he, you know, here until he falls over. But the results got to be better to warrant that than this. We, we, we have to set a standard as fans that this performance the last two years are unacceptable and it's bullshit and nothing is safe. No one is safe. You've got to perform. You can't, you can't just clock in and clock out. And yeah, that I didn't. So after losses, I kind of like go into a hole. I don't read stuff. Um, you know, I don't, I don't watch stuff for the most part. Um, so yeah, that, those comments, what you're saying about him talking about elder are ludicrous. And the Phillies hitting coach said something interesting when he was interviewed during the game, he was, he was, they were like, uh, I think it was Rosenthal was interviewing him. He was like, so what were you thinking? You know, the first two innings, you guys like elder kind of had your number. How do you, how'd you crack the puzzle? And he's like, well, you know, I think it was more like the shadows were like affecting our site. And then we just teed off on him. That's pretty much what he said. And I was like, okay. This is like a daytime game, so who knows how much of it was Elder and how much of it was the shadows. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, Elder, long story short, both you and I can look at Elder objectively and say how he was managed during this postseason was ill-advised. Yeah. It was a tough situation with, you know, of course. all the arms that are out. But, but you still have a lot of arms, and you're right, Snicker managed the game like a regular season game, and that's just... This is not it's unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. Um, all right. I think we run the Braves in the ground. We'll take a little break, and then we will talk even more depressing news about the Falcons' loss to who the hell did we play? The Commanders. Commanders of all teams uh, on Sunday. And preview the Week 7 matchup against Tampa Bay. Okay, Adam. I know that Braves segment was a little long, so we'll try not to uh, beat a dead horse. Uh, yeah, beat a dead horse here with the Falcons. Falcons lose 24-16 to Washington uh, at home. Desmond Ritter's first loss since his junior year of high school. Poor, poor Desmond. Um, he <laughs> single-handedly lost this game. It's true. Uh, with three interceptions. I'll also say this, something that makes no sense to me. The guy throws the ball at him 47 times. It took him 47 times. Everybody's, you know, some of the Ritter supporters are like, oh, he threw for 300 yards in back-to-back weeks. And I'm like, it took 47 attempts to even, not even to get like 390, 307. I'm sorry. Is that impressive? Well, Graham, here's the bigger concern is, A, once again, we're having to throw that many times because the running game has been shut out like three weeks in a row. Well, the problem is that, you know, you get a team, and I talked about this last week in the, in the solo show, uh, that Washington has a good defensive front that generates a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and they're also good in the run game. And so when you have a good defensive front and solid linebacking play and you can stack the box and force the team to beat you through the air, uh, then it's a problem for a, a team that relies on the run as heavily as the Falcons do. So, yeah, Bijan, only 37 yards on the ground. Algier, 51 yards. As a team, only 106 yards on the ground, uh, 3.7 yards per carry. Yeah. Not good. That's got to be our bread and butter. And it's just not there now because teams know that's what we have to do. Right. So, uh, yeah, no, Ritter was not good enough. And, you know, 
some of the just clock management. Holy shit. And I, that's not just on Ritter. No, that's on everybody. Um, Arthur Smith, especially. And uh, McGarry was going nuts after the game. He was like, it just takes so long to get the play call from up above to someone else, to someone else, to the quarterback, and for us to get set. Like, we were having problems. I have never seen... I'm glad you brought this up because I almost forgot about it. I have never seen at home a quarterback do it. You know, you see on, on the road a quarterback when the play clock's going down to start clapping. Yeah. Clapping for the ball from the center. I have never seen a quarterback at home have to do that. Ever. Ridiculous. And not only that, that happens after a timeout is called to set up the play. Yeah. After and be- preceding all that, there was another delay of game. It was just terrible, terrible on the coaching, terrible on the personnel, terrible on the communication. I don't know. Everybody gets enough for that. That's just bullshit, man. That's not NFL football. Yeah, and like, you know, obviously Ritter must not have the authority to call timeouts on his own or, you know, switch the play up at the line to where he's having to like sit there and wait for the play for that long. Right. So I think he was pissed at, Smith and you know Arthur Smith looked really bad in this game overall. He looked awful, and I'll tell you what. Like, all right, the the red zone interception that Ritter threw with I don't know seven six minutes left in the game, whatever it was, was terrible. Like it's one of the worst passes I've ever seen in the red zone. Um, <laughs> he just gets the ball immediately. People are on him, which you know, fuck the offensive line for that. But instead of just throwing the ball away like a rational human being, he throws it right to. Uh, Washington cornerback uh, for an easy interception. Well, allegedly, he thought London was going. There's a miscommunication on the route. He thought London was going another way. But how fast he got rid of the ball? It was literally like, get it, take a step back, throw it up there, and it was. It just looked so yeah, the, undisciplined. The, the delay of game crap. I mean, Washington gave us every opportunity to yeah. win that game. Like, and th- that was what was that last year or two years ago? The same thing with Washington at home, where we lost such a winnable game. I was actually on the road, but yeah, I remember that. It's just. It's the same thing, except it was with Mariota. Like, we should have taken care of business there. Yeah, and we had, you know, it was it was one of those things where you just had so many opportunities to, to, to score and make a make a statement, you didn't do it. But to go back to saying why Arthur Smith looks so bad, uh, I, I totally agree. Not only with just the miscommunication with everything, but also just, like, his reactions to Ritter's interceptions shows a complete lack of control, a complete lack of leadership over the team to me. He looked like a fan. He looked like a fan out there. Like, coaches get frustrated when bad things happen. Like, you know, you've seen Belichick yell at people. Uh, John Harbaugh, who I've watched coach just because the Ravens are my second team. Like, when someone messes up, he'll, like, he'll be like, you know, fuck, like on the sidelines. But it's not like, I'm going to put my hands over my head and just look like I got told that my, my mother just died. Like, it, he looked so unprofessional, looked like he had a total lack of control over this huh. team. It sends a bad message in terms of, how the, just the this just what leadership looks like to a lot of young players that looks like a guy who is a fan like it, it was rough to watch that interesting i never um, thought of thought about it that way and that, that that's just how i interpret it. i was like that's just a bad fucking look man you look like you don't know what you're doing you look like you're letting you just your emotions take over in a situation where you can't do that as a coach yes you can you can show emotion but the way he showed emotion was just unprofessional to me and showed a complete lack of control over his team i do feel like you know his the worst thing was the going for two ah! when, when we could have got i it. forgot about that too. yeah the analytics told us to do it and like that it's like we were in the red zone so many times if we just like kicked field goals 
Maybe we win that game. Or think you know? about it. I'll go back to the Ravens again. The Ravens normally are very aggressive on fourth down, but they kicked six field goals and scored one touchdown and beat the Titans by like nine points. Because there, there was like, you know, there was earlier we went for it on fourth and like a few around the 50. It did not get it. And Washington scores off that. So it's like, yeah. Let's, if we just play like, you know, old school, like if we're going to be old school offense, let's be old with school this running offense. Game, let's punt we have a good punter let's play we have field. a great field goal we have kicker. a great uh defense let's play the field position game a little more yeah and like set our defense up to like get some more turnovers like win the that battle and let ku do his thing like if we're gonna be old school let's be old school like you can't have this like mix and match of we're gonna pound the ball but also like go for it on fourth down in some crazy situations and like not just kick an extra point when you're down can get down seven like yeah that, like that decision i felt just like changed the mentality yeah. like all the whole game i felt like we could still come back in yeah. this we look like the better team overall yes but once that happens it's like oh now we're chasing this point yeah and that's now so ritter looks a little frazzled so frustrating and it's um, like and yeah the analytics can tell you whatever you want but at the end of the day you just go for one there you're down by seven you know, you're going to have two or three more drives in the game. Maybe you kick a field goal. Then maybe you score a touchdown. Then you go up by however many at that point. You know, it's like, I don't get it. It's not like... And then, you know what? I would rather go for it at the end than go for it then. Go for it when you absolutely have to. I am I am anti-going for two unless you really, really need to go for two because you're exactly right. You'll be chasing that point, and that'll be in the back of everyone's fucking minds and affect their play. It's frustrating as hell. And I'll say, you know what else is really frustrating, Adam? Uh, let me easy, let me, easy. Uh, okay, how many yards do you think uh, the Falcons had as a team? Three eighty, four hundred and two. How many total yards do you think Washington has as a team? Like two seventy, one ninety three. Didn't even amass two hundred yards of offense, and that's due to bad field position, it's due to the stupid ass interceptions, and a, a one bad special teams play where the punt, the punt return. return hurt. Yeah, so it's like. And you know what else was crazy? We had the ball 36 minutes, 23 seconds. They had the ball 23 minutes, 37 seconds. What in the hell? I've never seen a team lose a game where they out, you know, out gain an opponent 400 by over 300 yards of total team offense. It's absurd. Yeah, I can't say that definitively. I can't, but I'm just saying, like, that's, isn't that crazy, though? That should not happen. No, no. It was, it was our game to win. It's one that you're going to look back on and be like, eh. But then, at the end of the day, like, you know, to not do the doom and gloom thing again. We do need to make a decision on Ritter very soon. Like it, I, he's he's done to me. He's of, dead. Well, of course he is, Graham. A lot of guys are done and dead to you. But you know, we got to make that decision either way. Are we going with him? Are we going to give Heineke a chance? I do think in this situation we win that game with Heineke. Absolutely. But also, we haven't seen Heineke, so maybe he sucks. Maybe he sucks. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, we, we have no idea. That point has not been considered. But at least he has some success and has some signature wins at the NFL level, unlike somebody. Um, but I'm not, I'm more, more positives. Okay, here I'll, I'll say this also about Ritter, some positives. Opening drive was really good. The touchdown of Pitts was really good. I saw him actually step up in the pocket and evade pressure like a normal quarterback would. Very good. You know, whereas before he would just, you know, he actually went vertical and not horizontal. I was like, holy shit. Wow. Okay. So there were some decent things, but there's also, and I'll also say this about the defense, five sacks. Great. Equaled your season total. And I'll also say this, though, I would take that with a grain of salt because Washington has one of the worst uh, offensive lines in the league. They've given up, they gave up 29 sacks going into that game. So 
something was going to happen. Like the Falcons were going to break through. They broke through in a big way, though. Ebiketti got in there. Bud Dupree got in there. Grady got in there. Clayus Campbell got in there. I'm telling you, Ebiketti just still has moments where, like, you see him and he's just like big too, man. Like you yeah. see him as like that looks like a beast no, of a defensive encur- end. It's, it's encouraging. Like I could see him like uh, like we've been squawking about him for two years. I could still see him being like yeah a real thing. Yeah, no, he, it's encouraging watching him week after week. You see things. You watch it. If, watch the watch the trenches next week with Ebiketti's on the field. He he has the ability to generate some some pressure. So that's that's good. You know, those are good things. Ritter actually having some pocket awareness and the defense getting some sacks. The defense also showed up big time again in the run game. Only gave up seventy two yards. Of of, uh, of of gain on the ground, fantastic. Sam Howell, you know, tore us up a little bit. Three touchdowns. Uh, only had to throw the ball twenty three times though. It's like it was such a weird game. And even though he tore us up a little bit, it was also like bad field position. But the Falcons' defense is not the problem at all. You know what the only problem is on this team to me in terms of like personnel on the field? Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. And yes, the offensive line has some issues too in pass protection, but it's mostly Desmond Ritter. If you had a stable quarterback back there with the way the defense is playing, not giving up that many points, you could potentially be five and one right now, four and two, four and two at a minimum. Like, come on! Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Just because, like, you look at like Pro Football Focus has Ritter ranked as the worst quarterback in the league, and I don't think he's worse than Mac Jones, but that's he, just no, he is according to Pro Football. No, Pro Football. Focus. I'm just saying, in my opinion, my my un, <laughs> unqualified, uh, unscientific opinion, I would. I would take uh, I would take Ritter over Jones, but whatever. He, he has the most um, like balls that should have been picked off in the league by a, oh like yeah three or four or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So three picks is just and like you know, I said, it, it, where we currently stand, like you know three and three. Obviously, we're still in it for the division at this point. Big game coming up against Tampa Bay, but yes, right now, like we got to figure out this quarterback, like. What are you going to do? I don't know. Like, uh, So according to Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan had some very candid thoughts yes, about it. Yes, he did. And he's like, look, the next six games, like that's where you're going to figure it out. Like, He needs to be showing progressions in terms of like those dumbass mistakes that he made against Washington. Like, Yeah. That if he's not showing improvement, he's not going to be the guy. Right, and I think that's totally fair. Six I, games I, seems like a lot to me. <laughs> to, I, th- I think he's trying but, to give him the benefit of the doubt that, to a degree. That's a full season once he plays six more games. Yes, and, um, I, you know, I, I think, I feel like I already know. I think Matt Ryan already knows. I think he's being diplomatic, but that's just me. I'm not trying to put words in Matt's, Matt's mouth. But, you know, it's it's one of those things with, with Ritter. It's like the fact that I am excited about him stepping up in the pocket shows me how shitty he is. Like the fact that I'm like, that's a positive. A quarterback doing something that just should be expected, uh, like stepping up in the pocket when he hadn't been doing that for the majority of the season is kind of pathetic that I was excited yeah, about I that. I've still seen like enough moments to like, and I believe in giving young guys time yeah. to figure it yeah. out. And, but- th- and let's be clear too, this is not a Super Bowl caliber team. Like maybe if you had actually gone out and gotten- We could be feisty. Maybe hey, according to part of my take, we are still on the feisty list. We are on the feisty that's list. That's above the Saints. I, I, I heard that too. I think that's above the Bucks as well. Yeah, we are feistier than those teams, no doubt. But we, you know, defense. We need a little more, a few more turnovers from you, and we need more pressure on, from the on the quarterback. You know, you did that last week. But no, we can't complain about the defense. We can't complain about defense. The defense defense does yeoman's work. Defense only gives up like twenty points a game. But defense is fine. I mean, they're gonna have to start scoring points at this point. But the the problem is like what we were like saying as a positive for Ritter is, 
he doesn't make turnovers, that's not the case anymore. So, yeah, like that, I was saying earlier in the year, when all those picks, like especially in the Detroit game, he had like three drop picks. I was like, this is going to fucking come up pretty soon. Yeah. This isn't going to last in the NFL. But hey, man, it, like this week is huge. Division, Tampa Bay. Um, New Orleans has Jacksonville tonight. So that could yes. be a potential loss. For Everybody's them. three and three except like, the Panthers. Panthers are in six. Panthers so. are terrible. Yeah. That you can forget about them. It's really just about Tampa's, uh, New Orleans, so and let's us. Let's just let's just be the Braves, Graham. Let's focus on like winning the division is still a possibility. Yeah. And I will say this though, the one thing I'm really concerned about in this game, both offenses aren't great. You know, they have good pieces. So like, you know, Tampa Bay has Godwin, uh Curtis Godwin. Tampa Bay has Mike Evans. Chris Godwin. Uh, or excuse me, Chris Godwin. Um, you know, we have the guys we know we have, London Pitts, Bijan, Algier. Uh, we both have good defenses. But the thing that really concerns me more than just good defense, you look at the surface level. Um, Tampa Bay is eighth in the NFL in interceptions this year. They're really good at picking the ball off. I'm very concerned that another multi-pick game is coming from Desmond Ritter. I think I think this is Tampa Bay's game to lose. I think this is going to be a grinded out, Thirteen to ten, sort of old school NFL game. Uh, conditions are windy, supposedly down in Tampa Bay. So it's going to be, it's going to be an old school football game. It's going to be a game from like 1982 or something, in my opinion. I just hope we can get that running game going again. Like again, Tampa. It seems like you got to feed Algier a little more, and they're kind of featuring Bijan more in the passing well, game. Yeah, but Algier out out ran Bijan. Time to get Corderell a few more touches. Like Corderell got one. He's been like a wide receiver, basically. I'd line is, him up more wide, at wide uh, out, out wide for sure. But I don't know. I tell you what, he just missed that Van Jefferson pass as well. Like I think, well, on the pick. No, it was like early in the game. There was a deep shot to Van Jefferson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. Like you got to hit that man. Yeah, but and, like we have playmakers. We have a lot of playmakers. Yeah, you're right, Graham. Like. We just got to figure out the quarterback, which is this is what we always squawked about, like during the Matt Ryan area. It's like you don't understand how good we have it right now. Like we've already gone through one quarterback. Now we're under our second. Like, is it going to be our third, fourth? Like, how long until we find the guy? Yeah, I mean, and we don't want to ruin what's actually a good defense. For everyone that bitched about Matt Ryan, I give you Desmond Ritter. Matt Ryan was never, ever, ever this bad, ever. Um, Tampa Bay is really tough against the uh, the run as well. They're going to be stacking all eight guys up there in the box. They're twelfth, uh, or no, excuse me, eighth overall also in uh, run defense. So they're they're going to you know it's going to be another time when Desmond Ritter's probably going to have to take the game into his hands a little bit. But I will say this: you remember the little flea flicker play we did? I don't know if it worked or not. I can't remember uh, in the game. It did. Yeah, it did work. We got to do some more weird shit like that because. As maybe as undisciplined or as unfounded as this opinion is, this game could be won with like just a couple of scores. Do something fucking weird. Try to do something weird to catch Tampa Bay off balance because they know you're going to try to run it down their throat. Um, and they and they are going to be waiting for Ritter to throw the ball when when he drops back because they are good at picking off the ball, like we mentioned. So. Do something weird to get them off off balance. And they've also lost three of their last four. They got beaten by uh, the Lions 20-6 to last week at home. Uh, Baker Mayfield's looking worse and worse. He started out the season well. It hasn't looked good the last few weeks. Uh, if you're a betting man, you live in a, in, a, in a state where you can gamble. 
take the under on this game a thousand percent. This is going to way under. This is going to be. So that's why, that's why I feel like you just it's going to be close. It's gonna, uh, do something to really shake it up. Do something beyond that that uh, flea flicker. Do or maybe just do that again. I don't know. Do something that that gets us out of this kind of thing of like we run we run between the tackles, run between the tackles, run between the tackles. Ritter drops back and tries to throw it to Pitts in London, and you know it, it just feels all very predictable. Do something to sh- shake it up a little bit. I think we need to do that. Do the pitch to Bijan a little bit more. I haven't seen the pitch to Bijan in so long. The thing that was working that won us some yeah. games and early in the season. This game's on the road. We know we've looked worse on the road. Yes. So it seems like it's an important game for a lot of reasons. If if we look good, I don't know, man. It's tough. I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence right now. I have now. zero confidence. I think we lose again in a very, very close game. But, but I'm, I'm, lose nonetheless. Big picture, happy to be 3-3, three and three, you know, in the running. The yeah. season's not over. Yeah, and you got to keep in mind, like we talked about, this is not a Super Bowl team. We're looking for progression. Every week is judgment week for Ritter in the sense of just, are we seeing enough to have any confidence in him? And so far, I would say the verdict is no. That's not to say he can't get there, but things got to be cleaned up. I'm still seeing a lot of the things that were happening last year that he's doing this year again. Uh, one thing that also bugs me, is like on play action sometimes he will fake it to the wrong side of the running back. Like he'll put it in the guy's butt as opposed to putting it in his hands and then pulling out. And it's like, it's just little things like that. Hmm. You know, it's just, it's just, we see little things, we see big things. It's just like the whole picture is really muddled on Desmond Ritter. And I'm, I'm on the side of no, I do not believe in this guy. But I could be proven wrong. I agree with you, Graham. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, um, 70 percent yeah i think i'm about 80. i'm sure you're like 97 percent. i'm 85 percent. okay he's still if he can sh- but and the thing also is like we talked about he sucks on the road i don't think he's won on the road yet i would say i think all three victories this yeah, no, year that's correct yeah even going back to last so season. if he steps up in tampa bay you'll think a little different i'll think a little different maybe yeah. i still won't think he's the guy but i'll be maybe back to 70 30 or 75 25 yeah know? as as matt ryan said he's like Look, the physical ability is there and the leadership ability is there. And like that's a couple big things to check off for a quarterback. Yeah. And I'm seeing also, I think one of the bigger things, the thing I've been bitching about for weeks now is just like the long release. I'm seeing him getting rid of the ball a little bit more too faster. So, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Um, Yeah. So optimistic way to end the show, but there you have it. That's sort of where everyone's at right now. You know, Braves are over, right? Braves are over. Season ended. So, like, we're getting close to talking about the Hawks. Are are you a sucker like me who's starting to no. watch preseason box no, scores? I I've been paying a little attention. Have myself. You, all right. Well, what you got? Let's, look, let's close we, the show out with some Hawks. We've looked good, Crab. Yeah? <laughs> Jalen Johnson, he about to be a beast this mm. year. I am excited for him. I am excited for him. I think this is the year he could ascend. So, I, I, I could see him being just a huge, huge X factor. But for the most part, running back the same lineup. We won't talk too much, but... So just start looking at box scores. Like this is our next thing to get excited about. Yeah, we need something between Sundays, you know. Yes. So Hawks, let's get excited, and we'll and we'll see. You know, Quinn Snyder's got his guys in there. He's had a full off season to work with Trey with Dejounte. Hell, you know what? One guy I'm really excited to see this year under a full year of tutelage from Quinn Snyder is uh, DeAndre Hunter. What you got? Can you step up again? Can you be that guy? I mean, we saw times last year where he was that guy, but it just wasn't enough. It's like, there are pieces on this roster. 
where you could see this team being a top five, top four seed. There's also times when you think about it where you're like, they're playing tournament kind of bullshit thing. It just, I just don't, I have no idea how it's going to shake out. Yeah, this there's too team, many, there's way too many variables. The regular season matters for this team a lot more. It really matters like, for this we team. We need to be good. Trey Young needs to get over that bullshit he was saying in 2022 because guess what, man? Your lack of, um, not just you, but the lack of, of fire and the regular season leads to a poor postseason draw. Yep. Get fucking right. Come on. Um, oh, I will say this. Close with this. And, and one of the houses, uh, one of the apartment complexes, I was uh, <laughs> dog walking in this, this week. I, uh, on Wednesday, actually, I ran into a guy that I think was Onyeka Kongwu. I'm like 95% sure. I was like, it looked like him. He towered over me, physical specimen. He's like, how you doing? And I was like, what's up, man? Was it like Midtown-ish or something like yes, that? Yes, it was a Midtown, not too far from the stadium. I was like, a very nice luxury apartment that one of my clients lives in. And I was like, that might be like Onyeka. I didn't say anything, but I was like, okay. I could see that. I, I was, I, it looked a lot like him, and I was like, fuck, that'd be really cool if I just ran into the big double O. I'm expecting a big season from him, too. Double O. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so, Graham, what do you think? Overall, better to have me back on the podcast than talking into the stratosphere? A thousand percent. There's no comparison. Um, a thousand percent. But we all are very excited for baby Liana. She's an absolute sweetheart. You guys are amazing parents and uh, just thrilled, man. I burped her tonight for the first time. That was, that was big. That, that was super exciting. You did. You had some good Uncle Graham moments yeah, that tonight. Was, that was very, very exciting. You, you look like you know what you're doing, young man. I'm. You gotta just step up when someone gives you a yeah. baby. You gotta, you gotta act like you know what you're doing. You're like, oh, you can't just freak out. You gotta be like, all right, let's do it. You yeah, know, exactly. Grab the grab the baby by the horns. So good on you, Graham. Good on you. Back at you. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Till then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer. Remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality soap. Hospitality soap.